Episode number 115 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, it is the halfway point of the NASCAR Cup Series season. We will recap the season that's been so far, including last week's race at Sonoma, where Martin Truex Jr. came out victorious. Also, the Garage 56 program, a smashing success for NASCAR and for Hendrick Motorsports. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, look at the highlights of the halfway point of the season to this point. Plus, we'll have our news and notes, as well as our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. David Starr back with us this week and uh, joining us uh, on vacation as well uh, in uh, the Beach House in uh, Galveston, but still taking time to be with us this week. David, Always a pleasure. Uh, some much-needed R&R, I imagine, for you here as uh, you're enjoying yourself with the uh, the family there on uh, on the beach here. No doubt about it, man. It's good to do, it's good to have a little R&R time. Uh, uh, man, we uh, I think all of us needed some. And, uh, man, had a busy day of fishing. Uh, caught about 15 sharks, uh, me and my boys and my little nephews. And, uh, man, just, uh, just trying to enjoy myself. How was y'all's weekend? Very good. David, I, I got to say, uh, first and foremost, what a experience I had at Team Texas on Saturday driving the uh, number 33 Cheerios car uh, that Clint Boyer used to run there at Texas Motor Speedway going 150 miles an hour. David, you, you've been wanting me to do this for a long time. I finally did it, and I got to tell you, uh, it lived up to the hype. That was incredible. It, I was I was in shock. Like it was, it was awesome. One of the coolest things I've ever done. But as cool as that was, the ride along experience was almost just as cool too. Seeing, uh, you know, the pro driver do his thing and, and get all tight to the wall and not lay off the gas. Like both aspects of it, I, I got to say, I really enjoyed them. Man, I'm I, man, Tyler. That's that's the biggest part of uh what i love you know i love our race fans and uh man having a racing school where the race fans and car enthusiasts and, and gearheads where they get to come drive a real nascar race car at the texas motor speedway and you know and, and i hate to tell people about the you know i, I don't i don't know if i i, I might have worded that wrong it's not that i hate to tell them about it i like for them to tell me how their experiences was kind of like how you're explaining it now, you know, it's like, I tell people about our racing school, but the best part of it is, is uh, man, the smiles, everybody's hollering and screaming the tears and, uh, and, you know, hearing you speak about it and, you know, it's, it's hard to really describe it to somebody, you got to come do it, you know? And, uh, and man, that's the most enjoyable part, man, the racing cars and climbing through that wind, window and putting your seatbelts on and putting that window net up for me and in, in NASCAR competition, there's nothing better than that. But, but, but owning a race, a NASCAR racing school and having people like yourself and the men and women and everybody that come and, uh, you know, 99.9% .9 of the people just absolutely love it. And uh, man, I'm glad you had such a great time, dude. It's about time you did it and I'm glad you loved it. Oh yeah. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, next time. And, just the, the full circle experience. Dominic Onagon joins us right now. Dominic, uh, now your your turn. Like, what, what are we waiting for? you you got to get in one of these NASCAR race cars and, and oh. see for yourself. 
Absolutely. I've been wanting to, but David's canceled on me a couple of, no, I'm kidding. He hasn't canceled on me a couple of times. I know there's just been things that have come up, but man, like you said, it would come full circle to be able to do it someday and live out that dream of being a four-year-old and driving around a NASCAR racetrack in an actual NASCAR stock car vehicle. Be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the day I get to do it, David. Well, well, Dominic, I am too, you know, and Tyler can tell you, you know, I, I tell you sometimes that, you know, we're, we have a lot of corporate schools and we're open to the public, but man, we, it was busy. God, it was busy. You know, I told Tyler, it's like, man, afterwards we went and ate dinner and I said, man, I'm sorry, but I'm so busy. I didn't even really get to talk to him, you know, during the day. But uh, he said, man, I, I saw it, you know, I see how busy you are, but man, it's just, it's incredible. And, you know, again, the best part of it is just seeing how much joy and, how 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 everybody really enjoys it and that's that's the most joy that's what i love at the most about it you know but uh but anyway it's a lot of work and a lot of fun and i'm just i look forward to uh look forward to dominic when you, you can come and part, uh, participate and i'm glad that uh, tyler finally got to do it we'll you make know, it happen someday soon man i wanted to ask you tyler how many people if you had to guess were there from the participants to the people that just showed up to the track how, how big of a spectacle was this over the weekend David, we probably had what about seventy participants, and then your staff. You know, you you had your instructors, and then your workers and everything. There was probably what you know, eighty five people, eighty five ninety people there. I mean, it is it's impressive seeing the the full operation that it takes to pull off what you guys do beyond just the race cars and everything. But you have your staff, and then I mean, you still have the track staff too. I mean, whether it's the security or the safety crew and all of that. Just in case something happens here, I mean, it is a full-fledged, well-oiled machine operation you guys got going there at a Team Texas. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, the, the main thing is everybody knows what their job, everybody knows the processes and procedures. You uh, you know, you can't be, uh, man, how do I, you can't be disorganized. You got to be organized and, uh, man, it's, you got to, the machine's got to, you know, you just got to stay old and, uh, you know, got to keep it moving, you know, but man, everybody, to, to build a, to to bring people to the Texas Motor Speedway, a lot of the people, a lot of the race fans, and have them drive a real race car, and uh, you know, behind all that is a, is a lot of lot of moving parts. But uh, but it all works well. Uh, my uncle Mike Starr built the racing school thirty three years ago, and obviously I own it, I own it now. But uh, but man, it's just been a family business for a long time, and I just uh, man, it's just one of the one of the great things about auto racing is built you know around the country there's other racing schools but to have the our nascar race fans be able to come to a, a nascar track and drive a real race car is pretty awesome you know but uh, i'm just glad uh it was great it was busy it was hot it was uh so you know it was uh then we backed it up with sunday afternoon had another busy class and uh so it was pretty busy. I worked to about midnight Sunday night. So I'm glad to be here in, in Galveston, having a little downtime and then just kind of relaxing. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. And, you know, I, I, I'll say this one more thing and then we'll move on. David, I mentioned, you know, not only did I love doing the driving experience, but having the professional do that. I know we talk so much about getting in a real NASCAR race car and, and driving, but you know, there, there's some people out there where it, it might not be their thing. They might not want to drive themselves, but come on down to Team Texas and have someone else drive you or or do the limo or, or whatever experience it may be. There's something for everybody there at Team Texas. Like, that, that even if you want to go there and drive, I encourage you to do the uh, the ride-along, too. I mean, just a, a little bit of everything. There's, there's something unique about each thing that's offered there. 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, if uh, a, lot, a lot of people don't want to drive and we we encourage them to 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 drive, you know, and a lot of them just say, hey, just want a race car. I just want to see what it's like. And they're like, man, from the time you, that, that you put them in the race car, when the race car pulls back down pit road, and you're on Buffalo. And they're like, man, they want to do it again, you know. And then, and then they say, man, I think I want to drive now. But they just uh, they always, uh, you know, like 90 percent of the people say, man, I have a different appreciation a different perspective on when i come here and watch it watch nascar here at texas motor speedway or when i watch it on television now you know a lot of a lot of men and women say man it looks like it's somewhat easy but say man how do you how do you know what corner corner you're going into and you get kind of confused and i can't believe that you're out there with you know 39 other cars you know they're just like they're just you know it gives everybody a different perspective but uh but man, it's 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 awesome. There at Team Texas, like I said, if you want to come be a race car driver for the day, you can. You want to take a race car ride, you can do that. You want to drive, you want to ride in our limousine and see how much banking there is in the corner and all that. We we have a little bit of something for everybody, you know. So uh, we're, I'm proud of the racing school and just uh, I love it. And uh, you know, uh, everybody knows me as a NASCAR driver, but they don't really know my business side. You know, the business side is our racing school, and I'm just, uh, I'm just glad you finally got an opportunity to come see it all uh, in action, Tyler, and be a part. Yeah, of it. yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, David, you told us in the very first episode of this show that you're in the people business, and uh, got to see that firsthand. Besides <laughs> just what you do uh, on the racetrack, but off it too with this, pretty awesome there. Uh, Dominic, let's start off with uh, looking back at Martin Truex's win there at Sonoma. Uh, his fourth career win at that place. He uh, joins some of the all-time greats uh, there at Sonoma. One of the uh, you know all-time wins leaders. I think he's only behind Jeff Gordon now when it comes to Sonoma there. But, I mean, you, you look at Martin Truex, and, and I don't think we're getting too personal in saying this, but I, I felt like that he came in with a chip on his shoulder in more ways than one. Um, you know, he had some stuff going on in his personal life, uh, no longer with, uh, with Sherry Pollux anymore. Um, you know, coming off a season where he didn't make the playoff, didn't win a race last year and they were hungry. They had something to prove. And that 19 team we've seen a rejuvenated Martin Truex jr. A motivated Martin Truex jr. Um, you know, his crew chief, James Small, uh, I felt like in the past has made some bonehead decision at times. They're they're doing what they need to do and they and they're 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 racing determined. I mean, they, they look like a championship caliber team right now. They proved that on, on Sunday with that performance. No, they sure did. And when we even go back to the clash and a non-points race and winning there and Martin Shrick saying that the team had been fired up all offseason. They were gonna be racing pissed off and they were just they were out with the vengeance wanting to go out and win as many races. They're doing that right now. A multiple win season now for Truex. And like you said, his fourth win at Sonoma, that's only behind Jeff Gordon all-time at fifth. And then his, I think it was his 33rd career win, 26th overall on the wins list, tying with the NASCAR great Fireball Roberts. Man, Martin Truex Jr., when it's all said and done, we're going to probably be talking 40 and 50 wins, especially at the pace he's rattling off right now, Tyler. They go anywhere. They go short track, an intermediate, a road course. Martin Truex Jr. is in contention. The only thing they need to just wipe off that list now is a super speedway victory. Yeah. Um, and, and David, with, with Martin catching on, with him racing well, as David mentioned, everywhere he goes, he's a threat. Um, that 19 team, they're they're clicking. They, they, they look like that they'll be 
contending to make that championship for come Phoenix at the end of the year here? I think we're talking about Martin champion NASCAR cup champion, Martin Truex Jr. And uh, championship caliper organization team of Joe Gibbs racing. You can't ever count those guys out, man. You know, uh, I think last year that they were maybe a little bit behind. I don't, I don't, if I remember right, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Martin Truex Jr. did not make the, uh, the, the, the chase. Correct. Uh, but man, you can't, you, you talking about all the, all the, uh, his ability as a driver, he, he'll be a hall of famer. And, uh, you know, like, like y'all were saying, short tracks, intermediate, it doesn't matter what type of racetrack, road courses, uh, Truex is always a threat. And, uh, you know, former champion. Uh, and then you plug him into Joe Gibbs racing, man. And it just doesn't get much better than that. And I think they were a little off last year. But uh, but I I, uh, I think we're going to see him uh, and Joe Gibbs racing. Wrong with Christopher Bell, Denny Hamlin. You can't, that's just a championship caliper uh, organization. When we talk about champions, who's going to be our champion, you always got to consider their drivers and their organization, you know, but you, uh, but you know, you just wasn't surprised by his performance. And, uh, you know, when they're hitting on all eight cylinders, uh, that's what you get right there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dominic, what was some of your other, uh, takeaways from, uh, this weekend there at Sonoma? Well, certainly running up there up front with Martin Truex Jr. But that last pit stop kind of came back to bite him in the butt. But Michael McDowell picking up the stage points, running in the top five consistently, running lap times comparable to Martin Truex Jr., ran really well. And I think we've known that that 34 team has shown speed and brilliance all year, just hasn't put the races together. And unfortunately, I think that final pit stop showed that, okay, maybe there are some things they still need to work on. It's certainly not the team that McDowell and Kruji Blake Harris had in 2022. Yet McDowell picked up a top 10 finish and, and to be disappointed with the seventh place finish and where Front Row Motorsports is and they're making the gains they have made. It was really nice to see that the 34 team picked up a good run and as well too, Tyler, seeing Chase Elliott take a fifth place finish, take a different varying strategy at the end, lead a few laps. And I, I know they're going to have to win a race. It's they're not going to be able to point their way in the playoffs. I mean, maybe I'm proved wrong 10 races down the road. If they're picking up 40 and 50 points a race, and not winning, you're collecting stage points, okay, maybe that's a different case if we don't have other winners. But I think we're going to see that nine team needing to win a race before we get to the playoffs. But a fifth-place run at Sonoma coming off a of suspension, I think, gives that number nine team a lot of momentum. Yeah, uh, it's nearly impossible points-wise for them to uh, get there on points to make the playoff. But a win in Chase Elliott's end. But, I mean, you look at it now as we transition to the NBC portion of the season and everything here. I mean, what is it, Dominic? Ten races left to the playoffs at this point? Yeah. Um, assuming Chase Elliott is out there and healthy and, and everything, I mean, ten shots to go get a win. You're in Hendrick Motorsports equipment. I, I would be surprised if in one of these next ten races, David, Chase Elliott can't get into victory lane one time. It's all he's got to do. Just one time in the next 10 races. I'd be surprised if he doesn't find a way. Well, I've, if I was a betting man, you know, I don't really bet on anything. But if I was a betting man, I think I'd bet that I I, I think we're going to see Chase Elliott in the in the in part of the chase. Uh, you know, it's hard to, you know, like I was just talking about Martin Truex and, and Joe Gibbs racing, man. It's uh 
you look at what Hendrick Motorsports has done, William Byron, you look at the, their cars, their cars, there's plenty of speed there, uh, plenty of championships they have won over the years. And uh, I don't know, we're talking about Chase Elliott here. So I, I'd be really, really surprised if he didn't win a race in the next 10 races, you know. And then we're talking about Michael McDowell, you know. I, I love it how Front Row Motorsports is really, the last two years is really since the next gen race car is is uh, since they've been running the next gen race car, Front Row Motorsports and Michael McDowell, man, I love it when because Michael is such a such a great race car driver, and it's cool to see him showcase his talent. You know what I mean? And and, uh, and I just love it. It's just discipline. You know, I like like y'all were talking about Michael and his team probably disappointed. Uh, with a seven place finish because he had a rerun shot at a you know podium finish top three and maybe even winning the race, but uh, but anyway, I'm just I'm happy for that group of that organization and for Michael McDowell, such a great guy and a great race car driver. Speaking of Michael McDowell, um, let me propose an idea to both of you a little bold prediction of some sorts and see what you think. Um, we got a lot of road course races coming up. Um, with Chicago, the Indy Road Course uh, that comes to mind, Watkins Glen. Uh, there, there, there's several other opportunities here before the playoff. Uh, the road course races are about to pick up a bit. Um, David, I, I'd be willing to venture that we are going to see either Michael McDowell or A.J. Allmendinger, one of the two, maybe even both, pick up one of those road course wins and make the playoff. I, I think one of those two is, is going to find a way to crash the party here. Well, I, I hope that I, – I, I really hope that Michael McDowell can win a road course race, you know what I mean, or any race, just because I just think, you know, the, his situation, his story, his team, Michael McDowell himself – somewhat of an underdog, you know, uh, fighting and competing for wins and running good against these power powerhouse teams, you know. And uh, it's kind of, I would for me, that would be kind of the Cinderella story of 2023, personally. But, uh, but man, you definitely can't, you definitely can't uh, uh, count them out. Michael McDowell, we saw what he could do this past weekend. Uh, you know, he he could win a road course race, and uh, there's lots of them coming up. And, uh, you know, you look at A.J. Allmendinger, one of the, probably the or one of the best road racers in the country right now, uh, you know. So I, I definitely uh, agree with you, Tyler, that, that we're probably going to see one of those guys win a race for uh, when before all the road racing uh, races are done with in NASCAR. Right, and uh, we still have a couple of, Plate style races coming up as well with Atlanta in a few weeks, Daytona to end the playoff. Dom, who, who's a wild card type guy, whether it's somebody at a road course or one of these plate races, somebody that we don't typically talk about every week that you think has a chance to crash the party and make the playoff here? Well, I like the points of McDowell there. I think A.J. Allmendinger, you look back at the first Indianapolis road course race in 2021, him and colleague racing putting together – their part-time deal and the part-time cup car and winning that event and running strong at the road courses last year with the next gen vehicle. Can't rule out A.J. Allmendinger. Another driver, too, that runs really well on road courses, that team got hit with a severe penalty. I believe they're 30th in points. They need a win to make the playoffs and repeat from 2022. 
Chase Briscoe in the number 14 team. We don't talk about him every week, but Chase Briscoe, I think, would be an undervalued pick at some of these road course races. We've seen him run up front. We've seen him collect stage points. We've seen him be in contention to win these races at the end. In fact, him and Denny Hamlin were the ones that ran into each other in that 2021 race that paved the way for Almendinger to go take that victory. So you're right, Tyler. There's so many drivers that we don't talk about. But I, and I think that's why NASCAR made that last race a super speeder race because it gives teams hope. It gives drivers hope. It keeps everybody something to keep fighting for and look forward to because they may know that they're not going to be in contention at mile and a half or necessarily the short tracks, but they know those road course races and definitely the super speedways could be the way to get into that playoffs in an opportunity that otherwise would not be available. One more name, too, I would throw in the mix. It's good on both the, the plate-style tracks and the road courses. Austin Sendrick as well. Um, he's shown some flashes at times, but they have yet to find that consistency. Uh, watch out to see what he could potentially do at uh, those type of courses to make the playoff uh, on that front. Um, let's uh, let's talk about some of the uh, other headlines uh, just at the halfway point of the year. Um, obviously, the biggest story of the year is the resurgence of Kyle Busch with three wins there at, at RCR in that number eight car. They've been fantastic everywhere they've been. They've been a threat every single week. And, and David, for me, it's not just the fact that Kyle Busch is back and winning and on a high level looking like arguably the best driver in the sport again. But the fact that he's won fans over, too. Uh, Carl Edwards was at the Darlington race for the first time in several years, and he's like, what the hell happened here? Everybody's cheering on Kyle Busch. Um, you know, the, the the fact that he's won the fans over in this next half of the year, what a story, David, of the resurgence of Kyle, not only racing strong for a new team, but the way that he's kind of changed his identity, winning, uh, winning fans over the way he has. Uh, amazing what driving for Richard Childress and a Chevrolet will do to change uh, your uh, persona. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, and, uh, you know, I think Kyle's had a little bit of, uh, you know, we got, he's he, – he got humbled, you know. I thought he was going to be with Joe Gibbs Racing his whole career. And, uh, you know, he was the poster child for Toyota, no doubt about it, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how it all played out publicly and in our sport the last couple of years about, you know, him maybe not driving for Joe Gibbs Racing, which I would have never thought I would have heard those words. And then when it played out really publicly – uh, you know, I think uh, Kyle, the way he held himself and was honest about everything, uh, I think the fans really uh, started to kind of uh, understand that he was, uh, you know, he's Kyle Busch, but he was a human being and he had a he had feelings and uh, they felt bad for him, you know, and, and you know, nobody really knew where he was going to go when he did make an announcement that he would be leaving Joe Gibbs Racing and and. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It was just uh, you kind of you kind of felt for him. You know what I mean? And I talked to a lot of fans that wasn't Kyle Busch fans, and they said, "Man, you know, they felt like uh, I don't know." I, I think the consensus I got from different fans and people I know, they I, I, people told me they actually felt like that he was kind of done wrong, whether that was true or not. You know, but. Uh, but anyway, you know, with all the social media and how you can follow him and his wife and his son, man, it's really been impressive to see that the change in heart and uh, 
and the love that the fans have for him now. And man, and when he jumped over to, to Chevrolet at Richard Childress, uh, Richard Childress racing, uh, you know, I, in my mind, what I was thinking was, man, everybody's going to be in trouble because man, this dude, he's one of the best ever race car drivers in NASCAR. You know, he's going to go down as one of the all time best. Uh, and he's got a big chip on his shoulder, you know what I mean? And, uh, and man, you know, Childress saw, you know, you know, we saw how, uh, uh, uh how Childress's cars have been running the last couple of years, man, it was, uh, it was amazing. What we're watching and what we're witnessing is, uh, I, I, I I'm not surprised by it, you know, he's, uh, he's done phenomenal. Uh, even when it doesn't go his way, seems like his attitude is a lot better about it. And and like you said, Tyler, he has won over a lot of those boos have turned into cheers and 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 it's it's amazing, you know, in a short period of time. So it's kind of cool to see to see that, you know, it's it's cool to that to see the fans uh turn to loving now, you know what I mean? And I think part of it's just because they they know he's human, you know, he's human. Hey, we all make mistakes and uh, he's got feelings and, uh, you know, it's just kind of cool to see it all playing out in front of us. You know, it's, it's interesting, you know, uh, you know, that when, when they announce him driver's introduction, man, it's, it's amazing. You know, we were used to hearing all these boos and now they're loving him. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, that, that's been quite the story. And also shout out to his crew chief, Randall Burdett is looking like, maybe the best crew chief in the sport right now uh, with how well that he did last year with that team and Tyler Reddick. And now what he's done with Kyle Busch to click right on the same page immediately. I mean, credit where credit's due to, to Randall with that organization, what they've done. Um, also one of the big storylines of this season so far at this point, Dominic uh, has been the Ross Chastain story. Uh, we are a year plus now of the, uh, incidents that have been happening, and he's made an enemy of about everybody. It's not just Denny Hamlin anymore. It's several other guys. And it reached a point of a climax of sorts, a, a breaking point when Rick Hendrick spoke out. And then after Rick Hendrick spoke out, then you heard Justin Marks say, we got to reel him in a bit. And Ross Chastain said, yeah, I got to do a better job and everything. But then, even then after that, we've still seen – a couple other incidents here. Um, this is an ongoing saga. I, I I don't think Ross is trying to race like Dale Earnhardt Sr. here and in, in, in racing racing dumb. Um, I think that he's just overly aggressive, and sometimes it just gets in his own way. I think eventually this will all sort itself out, but he's probably still got more enemies to make in the meantime, though. I, I think so. And what was it, Fox's segment? We'll see if NBC carries it over. Who's Ross going to run into this week, or who did he run into this? Week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's pretty bad when they're having to make a little spotlight out. I kind of like the "Come on, man!" on Monday Night Football kind of deal. But Ross Chastain, and and I've said it on the show before too, and and I don't think I'm making excuses for him here, David. But I think you could give some some insight behind this too, especially from that driver's perspective. Ross, for the most part of his career, as we all know, drove for teams that necessarily didn't compete for wins, didn't compete for even top 10 finishes, lucky to finish on the lead lap in the Xfinity series. And all of a sudden you get thrust in to really good equipment. I've heard drivers say it before, David, it's harder to race in the top five than it is in the top 25. And, and you have great competitors all across the field, but as you start racing towards the front, the racing gets a lot harder. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, Ross is, is a uh, just an awesome race car driver, and uh, you know, and, and man, you know, when you when you're in equipment that, uh, you know, when you're in C rated equipment uh, competing against these firehouse teams, I mean, you're doing everything you can to get a spot or two or three, and uh, you know, Ross has fought for everything and every opportunity he's gotten, he's deserved it. And, uh, and, you know, and kind of the way you describe that, Dominic, is, is you know, uh, now that he's got a, a team that has all the engineering technology funding, uh, he's in a car that really has lots of speed. You plug Ross in, uh, excellent, excellent race car driver, uh, really, really good. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he's used to over all these years uh overdriving the race car and doing everything he can to to showcase his talent you know we knew over the years that the cars he were the teams he was driving for us on the inside knew that there were 15 20 place car you know and man he would take that that team car and and finish you know four five six spots better than what we've ever seen it finished before you know and uh you know and, and i agree with you i think over time, uh, you know, uh, we won't be hearing as much as, you know, people won't be predicting who he's going to hit in this race, you know. But uh, but Ross Chastain has really, <clears throat> really done a lot for our sport. Uh, a lot of people that have not really tuned in to NASCAR for years are kind of watching it. And uh, they think it's exciting, which it is. And they love what Ross is doing, you know. Excuse me. He's uh, you know, he's really he's almost kind of reminds me of Dale Earnhardt, man. He just uh he creates uh uh some excitement. Uh, you know, he's he's ruffling a lot of feathers with his competitors, and uh man, we've been talking about him, and even people that don't keep up with sport are talking about it, and uh I I love it. It's he's brought a lot more excitement to the sport, and uh, you know, and I agree with you, Dominic. I believe that uh over time and this season and next season, I, I don't, you know, as time goes on, we won't even hear about, you know, who's Ross, who's Ross going to hit in this race. Cause I, uh, you know, he'll figure all that out. A couple more uh, notables from uh, the halfway point of the season here that we want to hit on uh, David, uh, Kevin Harvick, your favorite driver uh, hasn't got a win yet, but he's top five in points. He's been running up front every week. Final season for Harvick. Um, he he's not just there to hang out. Like he's he's going out with a chance to go out on top here. I I think that we've seen Ford improve. Stuart Haas racing is 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 getting better every single week here. Watch out. Uh, we could see that Ford team go on a little summer run here, and Kevin Harvick contend for a championship on his way out the door. Well, Kevin's such a great guy, great friend of mine, and has been forever, and and really has done a lot for our sport and uh you know uh you know when the time he came into to into nascar cup series racing it really at a time that we needed him to win races and run good because man the whole industry was hurting because we lost the late great Dale earnhardt and, and harvick stepped in there and, and was winning races and he really did a phenomenal job uh i don't know he's just been a great great ambassador to the sport obviously a championship caliper race car driver 
as my friend and just a, a great competitor, I'd love to see him. You know, it's not often that you see a lot of the, our heroes and, and a lot of the legends of the sport, uh, you know, when when they, uh, you know, they've won their championship, they've won their fair share of races, and they just love it. They're so passionate about it and love it that they probably drive five, six, seven years past really when they should have retired. And, and you know, that's understandable, you know, but it's really be kind of cool to see Kevin Harvick step out of the race car as a champion or as a guy that won two or three races in his final season, because in the past we haven't seen that, you know, and uh, I don't know. He, I just, you know, he's such a great competitor. And I think Stuart Haas, uh, the organization, Stuart Haas racing, they're starting to get this next gen car figured out. And Kevin's had a lot of speed, uh, since the season has kicked off in Daytona, you know, so I'd love to see him get a win and be a part of the the chase for uh, uh, to be part of the championship. You know, hopefully he can make it to the end and be our champion. You know, I know that's that's uh, it's so competitive, but man, I just think uh, uh, Kevin still has a lot of speed in him. His cars are fast. I love to see him win another race and hopefully see him win a championship as he's stepping out to retire. Uh, one more note on the uh, midseason recap here, Dom. We'll we'll go to you on this one here. Um, kind of the uh, the the fresh blood of sorts, or the uh, the the standouts that maybe we're, weren't expecting the breakout candidates so far this year. Uh, twenty three eleven as an organization has taken a big step up. Uh, you know, Tyler Reddick already got in victory lane once. That team has two cars in the playoff right now, and. They're at a point where they're expecting to finish both guards in the top ten every single week. Um, they're they're one for me that stands out. RFK Racing, both teams in the top twelve right now, still looking to get into victory lane, but much improved yes. from what they were at in twenty twenty two. And then the Daytona five hundred champion Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and JTG Daughtry Racing, what they've done this year, the Daytona five hundred wasn't a fluke. Ricky Stenhouse has been running. Top ten, top fifteen, almost every week, and he he's not wrecking race cars uh, nearly as much like he used to. He's he's running up front, he's staying clean, he's matured as a race car driver. Those three organizations have been uh, some breakout candidates uh, so far this year and uh, made their uh, their presence known. I absolutely agree with every point you're making, and to add to that further, I would say a team that has regressed. I think I was surprised and maybe, maybe people on the inside were not surprised, but to see colleague racing and have their all-star car last year, the rotation of drivers that they had, AJ Allmendinger looking like a and uh, legacy motor club too, is taking a big step back. Yeah. Team as well too. Those two teams have just fallen off off the wayside. Eric Jones looking like a former shell of himself from last year. And here's a guy that was running top 10 a lot, getting that win at Darlington. Now, granted, I know that they're going through some growing pains there, too, and they're going to make the Toyota transition next year, so that could make a difference. But as of right now, Tyler, Legacy Motor Club just looks on the down and out, and same as Colleague Racing. Colleague Racing seems like they're a step behind compared to the other Chevrolet organizations. A.J. Allmendinger not looking like how he did last year, and, and that organization as a whole, Justin Haley not looking as good as he did like last year, too. Yeah, uh, and very good points there. Um, one more before we get to our news and notes. Uh what an event it was for Hendrick Motorsports uh, and NASCAR to pull off the uh, Garage 56 entry at the 24 Hours of Le Mans over the weekend. Um, completed all 24 hours. 
Uh, you know, what we saw out of uh, Mike Rockefeller, uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, J Jensen Button. I mean, just a, an incredible effort by Chad Kadaus and, you know, Greg Ives and that crew to pull off what they did. Jeff Gordon, Rick Hendrick, everybody that was involved there. You know, David, I, I think at first people thought it was uh, it was cool PR. You know, it was good for the sport to put itself out there. But the fact that they were as competitive as they were, that they didn't just go in just to do it. They went in and had a fast race car that they uh, got the laps in that they did, that they had such a good showing. I think uh, Hendrick Motorsports and NASCAR just impressed on the entire world stage uh, with that stock car running among the uh, sports cars there in in, uh, in France this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, you did mention Hendrick Motorsports and NASCAR. So, <laughs> you know, I can't really elaborate too much about all this, Tyler. It's interesting to hear you speak about it. I've kind of been uh, uh, not really uh, – I, I hear parts and pieces about it, but I don't know enough about all of it to, to talk about it. But, uh, but, man, it's interesting to hear. Uh, I think this is when they debuted, right, this yes. week? Yeah. And, uh, man, you know, just hearing you speak about it, how fast they were, how good they ran. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Does it, it doesn't surprise you guys. It shouldn't surprise anybody. You are talking about NASCAR and Hendrick Motorsports, you know, and, uh, man, you just, uh, man, what a powerhouse combination there. And it'd be interesting to see, uh, where it goes from, from this point on, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, I asked the question, you guys, what's what's the future? What's the next race? Uh, is there is there a race scheduled again for them? I mean, uh, you know, what's the future look uh, with this uh, team and situation? What's going on with it? Well, Dominic, I, I would think about it like this, that, you know, the, the Garage 56 thing is a special entry mm -hmm. uh, every year. I, I'd be surprised if they got invited back next year. I think that, you know, it's an innovation type thing. But the fact that it got as much attention as it did on the world stage, now you open up a whole different can of worms of what does NASCAR do internationally? And we've heard that Ben Kennedy, you know, wants to bring the sport to Canada next year. And, you know, some of the other ideas that are thrown out there, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if we're talking about creating, you know, getting creative with the schedule here, if you could run that car for 24 hours like that, what about an endurance race in NASCAR? What if we found a way to run an endurance race, maybe throw all three series out on the track together? Like, I would love that. I I, I think that's that'd be awesome. I thought it was great not only for the publicity of the sport on the world stage, but then just for experimentation and such. Maybe it's more international stuff with NASCAR. Maybe it's an endurance race in the future here. Um this, I think, opened up a whole can of worms more than people may think. It certainly got a lot of attention. And I'll tell you, I, I, I kind of felt like David for a moment because there's been times on this show David has gone back and said, hey, I, I had people reaching out to me about this, about NASCAR and the news for this or NASCAR and the news for that. I had people that don't watch NASCAR, Tyler, David, that were reaching out to me and saying, hey, is this true? And sending me TikToks of the NASCAR vehicle, Garage 56, Le Mans, like what's going on with this? And just even seeing the buzz on social media, you can tell this entry certainly put NASCAR in the spotlight, again, for some really good things here. Why not capitalize on the momentum, like you said, with Ben Kennedy and, and sending diplomats for NASCAR around the world to see what can we do here in the coming years? Yeah, 
Um, it's a good point. It, it was awesome uh, on uh, on that side of things to uh, be a part of that stage and and uh, see NASCAR do what they do. And and David asked about the future. Like we know that next year when Kyle Larson runs the Indy 500, that is a Hendrick uh, entry with Arrow McClendon. Uh, those two organizations are working together as a joint unit. So Hendrick's not done with international racing and diving into some other things here. So there's a whole lot more to come. I'm yes. I'm excited to see. David, real quick, uh, what do you think about the possibility of, of an endurance race? Is uh, is that something that would uh, would intrigue you? Would you like to run some type of endurance race in NASCAR, even you know if it's like eight or twelve hours, getting all three series on the same track or something? Is that even possible? You think? Well, I don't think it's ever possible, and I don't think it'll ever happen. But I would love to participate in something so cool like that, Tyler. I think that would be incredible. You know, you put the NASCAR camper with the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series and the Xfinity and a Cup, put them all on the race on a you know, in a race, uh, in an endurance race, that'd be amazing, dude. And uh, I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll ever see that happen. But hey, anything's possible, you know. And uh, I would love to participate in that race if that uh, if that comes to be true. <laughs> yeah. Um, wouldn't it be something dumb if you did an endurance race? And uh, I think one thing would be intriguing is. If it you did it long enough, where it required multiple drivers of seeing these cup drivers, like we know how much pride they take, they don't want to be giving up that seat. I, I would see, I could see some guys being like, "Can I go six? Can I go seven hours on this?" Like not wanting to give up their ride, you know? Oh, definitely. I mean, and David, I'm sure you can kind of attest to this. You've run the Coca Cola 600 on a couple of occasions. I mean. Yeah, it's a long, enduring race, but you hear oftentimes the drivers like, "Oh, I could have gone another hundred laps. I could have gone another hundred and fifty miles." Absolutely, man, absolutely. But you know, I, I, the endurance race. You know, I guess it's all. Uh, you know, everybody knows. The, you know how many drivers and what segments you're going to run. You know, so uh, hell, I, 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 man, if I could, I'd run twenty four hours just to see if I could do it. You know, challenge myself, you know, but uh, I don't think NASCAR would even let that happen. But uh, but it'd be kind of interesting to see how the, the format was set up and, you know, and, and what the, uh, you know, what the limitations are, what, you know, the minimum and maximum drivers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So there's there'd be a lot of cool questions and answers and you know, uh, if this even was even possible, you know, be kind of be very interesting. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would love to participate in an event like that. It'd be kind of cool if NASCAR did some crazy event, you know, uh, like that. And, uh, you know, and maybe put a million dollar fee on the winner. You know what I mean? So it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, our news and notes segment coming up next, uh, and then uh, later on we'll have our Ask David segment. But first, uh, Dominic, take it away with the uh, latest headlines uh, happening around the sport this week. Well, of course, well, every year we know that the NASCAR schedule comes out sooner. Sometimes it comes out later. You guys might remember 2019. The schedule was released for 2020 in March of 2019, but still we have nothing on the 2024 schedule at this time. However, there could be a lot of changes coming to that schedule when it does get announced later this year. 
Jordan Bianchi of The Athletic is reporting. There are some massive changes coming to 2024 schedule, including the idea that the Bristol Dirt Race will not likely return to the lineup in 2024. Another possible scenario that Bianchi is reporting is it has the spring race at Bristol being replaced by North Wilkesboro, which would be unprecedented because Bristol has held two points paying races every year, at least since 1969. And also among discussions are the planned reconfigurations at Auto Club Speedway and a return to Canada. And, and guys, according to what I've seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, there's never been a points awarding Cup Series race held outside of the United States. This could be the first time in 24. Correct. Um, and they're looking at that Montreal track where F1 races. Um, and we've seen the Xfinity Series there in the past. Uh, I think the Truck Series ran there before. I don't know if David's ran there before or not. But, uh, David, uh, sounds like that would be the replacement for Auto Club uh, for now. While Auto Club goes uh, under its renovations and everything. David, uh NASCAR going to Canada, it, it makes a lot of natural sense. You know, we talked to Caitlin Patrick a while back, and a lot of race fans up there, a lot of fans just in the U.S. that would make that trip too. And that uh, that racetrack in Montreal is a world-class facility. Uh, th th this, to me, makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense, and I think we'll see that happen. But uh, but I think it's cool that the schedule is not out yet just because you know that NASCAR and, 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 and their team uh, are working hard to put all the, you know, to plug in all the right pieces, television, uh, you know, just, you know, it's not an easy, it's, I don't, I'm not in that side of it, but it's not an easy to, for scheduling and, you know, everything that goes with that. So the schedule not being released yet to me uh, really makes it, for me, makes it more exciting to see what it's going to look like because you know it's going to be different. You know, if it wasn't going to be different, we'd have already seen a schedule. So we know the schedule coming out yet, the, the not have seen the 2024 schedule, that there's going to be some big changes in it. And I think that's exciting. And Don, that's not the only change expected. And so many, so many possibilities with the schedule. And you've heard Ben Kennedy say that they want to go a little more radical with it. And and as we get more into 25 and 26 and 27, like we were alluding to earlier, Tyler, there's no timetable on this. And I think we were talking about this maybe earlier this week too, off air. We might be seeing some foreign races, maybe in the Middle East, maybe in Europe someday. There's just so much excitement around this. And, and I've always said, Tyler, I think it's great when an organization tries to go outside the box. So many possible changes here, even just upcoming in 2024. Dom, you're left out of big detail in all this. Uh, what about North out? The what? About North Wilkesboro. Uh, there's also a report that Bristol Dirt is likely done and that North Wilkesboro is You missed back that, Tyler. I already talked about that three, four minutes ago. Oh, yeah, it went over my head. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's sorry. okay. Thanks for thanks for catching me on that. But let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's break that down for a second because we talked sure. about Canada there, that, that whole idea. North Wilkesboro, David... The all-star race wasn't that exciting, if we're going to be honest here, but it was the environment that was exciting. You bring a cup-rewarding race back to North Wilkesboro here, uh, that, that could be a game-changer there. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's very interesting to see an SMI track like Bristol and North Wilkesboro. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting that I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. Uh, you know, Bristol – you know, it's it's everybody's all-time favorite race. You know, it, it would be it'd be a big deal for SMI 
in the NASCAR to to take away from uh, a race away from the Bristol Motor Speedway. You know, I, that's really that would be a big one for me if that happens. You know, and there's so much energy and excitement about around bringing you know bringing the track back in North Wilkesboro. It uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, that's you know just talking about all this, I can't wait for the schedule to come out just to see the changes, you know, and uh, they did sink a lot of money into the North Wilkesboro track, you know, obviously they didn't repave it, uh, you know, and, and you know, when the schedule comes out, if, if, if North Wilkesboro's has a race, you know, you're, you almost know that they're going to repave it, you know, after seeing, seeing what we saw in the all-star race. So, uh, but man, I, it's just exciting to know that there's big changes coming we don't know what they are. A lot of speculation. Y'all, y'all are hearing reports, but uh, that's what makes it really intriguing, and we all can't wait. Well, and then uh, you also have to think too: if North Wilkesboro is getting a points race, then what's the All Star race going to be? Um, and Charlotte? that's got say that again. Maybe Charlotte. I, I, that came to the top of my mind. You guys think Charlotte would get it back? I don't think Charlotte's getting back. I think they want to keep it fresh uh, of sorts. I mean, that that's a whole nother can of worms, and it gives SMI something to work with. Uh, we've heard that Fox wants it to be grassroots. That's what they've been kind of pushing for uh, for the All-Star race. But, yeah, you, you got a whole nother possibility of what to do then. Uh, maybe SMI, you know, turns into a, a crazy event of some sort, something outside the box we're not thinking about. Maybe Rockingham gets the All-Star race then or something, you know? And, <laughs> Um, man, how you way out there? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Don, what else going on? Well, a friend of the show, Greg Biffle. Maybe he's not done racing at the national level in NASCAR. At a press conference over the weekend in Sonoma Raceway, when asked by somebody of the front stretch staff if you'd run NASCAR again, Biffle had said that maybe running the Portland race in the NASCAR Xfinity Series could be something to look at in 2024. Biffle has not run in the Xfinity Series since 2010. He last ran some cup races last year. But with him being from the Pacific Northwest, maybe it's not done. Maybe we see Greg Biffle back behind the wheel. But he did say, Tyler, that if a deal were to come together, he's got to start working on that now because it's going to take some time to get this rolling. Yeah, uh, Greg Biffle, uh, I'm surprised that we didn't see him back with the money team this year uh, running you know, Daytona or some of those other races. But – uh, we haven't seen the last of Greg Biffle. Uh, I believe he's doing SRX again. Uh, you know, when that should be starting up here in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, Greg Biffle still has uh, something left in the tank. I, I don't think uh, David will ever see Greg Biffle as a full-time race car driver again, but uh, we'll still see some flashes. He'll still pop up from time to time. Yeah, I, th I don't think Greg's done. You know, when Greg semi-retired, um, you know, I, I think the frustration – uh, where the organization he was with at the time, they really wasn't making any gains on on trying to make the cars, his race cars, better, uh, have more speed. He fought that battle for a long time, and I, I think just the frustration and the bang your head up against the wall, not really going anywhere, really got the best of him. But, you know, uh, no, I, I totally agree with you, Tyler. I think uh, – I don't think we've seen the the we've seen the last of Greg Biffle, and uh, if the right deal came along, I think we'll see him doing a lot more races than just one or two. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dominic, uh, last thing uh, before we wrap up. Uh, it's an off week this week, but uh, historically speaking, Father's Day weekend, we've seen some uh, some exciting stuff over the years. My, my personal favorite memory, I always think back to when uh, when Ryan Newman won on Father's Day with his dad as a spotter. Oh, yeah, Michigan 2004. Great call there. I mean, Father's Day and NASCAR racing and having the off week has only been something of recent memory, Tyler, because in NASCAR 75 years, we've seen 44 races run on Father's Day, the most recent being at Nashville Super Speedway in 2021. But Michigan International Speedway, we saw Sonoma on the schedule for a couple of years, Pocono Raceway, but more often than not, Michigan was the site for Father's Day racing. That seemed like to be a NASCAR tradition, like the Firecracker 400. You'd, you'd have that in Daytona with, with July 4th weekend. But this is just the second time in recent memory that we don't have NASCAR racing on Father's Day. And polar opposites, too, I should mention here, Tyler and David, because we typically don't see NASCAR race on Mother's Day. That's been something that's been kind of held as an off week more often than not over the years. So this is only a recent thing where we're seeing no racing on Father's Day weekend. And we might add, too, it is an off week for all three touring series. Yeah, uh, that's something we usually don't talk about is uh, off weeks in all three series. But uh, but but Father's Day, David, uh, you know, th this off week and everything, I know that you're enjoying time with your family at the beach and everything, but what's it like for all these other drivers to be just enjoying, you know, taking this time off uh, – away from the racetrack or are these guys even going to the shop or anything or are they completely unplugging and, and staying away well you know everybody's different but uh you know it's hard to hard to really analyze all of them but uh but you know all in all with the with the crazy and and busy schedule of auto of nascar you know i think anytime the drivers get a chance to to spend some time away from a racetrack with their family and catch up on some R&R &R with their kids and wife. And, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, it's, uh, they really enjoy it, you know, just because the, the schedule's grueling, you know, they don't, we don't have a lot, whole lot of off weekends. And when you get one, they, they try to really enjoy it and, uh, take advantage of it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think everybody appreciates the off. I know the teams do, the crew members do, to try to catch up a little bit in the shop, uh, prepare for, uh, you know, maybe the last, what is it, 10 races for the chase starts. Uh, yeah, just to give a little, you know, just give a little, everybody a little R&R &R time is not a bad thing, which you don't have much of that in our sport. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, everybody that can will take advantage of it, and then we'll all get back to action there in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, our Ask David segment Coming up next, uh, submit questions to us on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Star Podcast. Also by email, <clears throat> davidstarpodcast at gmail.com is uh, where you can uh, submit questions to us each and every week here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Uh, our uh, first question in the inbox uh, this week, uh, this one uh, comes from Stubbs. And uh, Stubbs wants to know, Great name. Uh, I like that. Stubbs. <laughs> Stubbs. Yes, that is a very good name. Stubbs wants to know, David, who was your favorite athlete growing up outside of racing? Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Outside of racing. 
yeah, you know, uh, man, um, uh, wow. That's a, that's, uh, I mean, you know, that's, uh, I really don't know, you know, all my, all my heroes and, and mentors and people I idolized were all NASCAR drivers, you know? So, you know, one of them that really comes to mind, uh, and I just love to watch him pitch. He pitched for the Houston Astros for years. Uh, and as a kid growing up was Nolan Ryan, man, Nolan Ryan was tough, uh, man. He could, he, his fastball was incredible. Uh, he was, uh, he was from Houston, Texas, where I was from. Uh, just south of Houston and Alvin. And uh, he was just somebody I really enjoyed uh, watching uh, uh, pitch for the Houston Astros. So I, I'd have to say if I had to pick one, it was Nolan Ryan for me. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Nolan, uh, I loved when he uh, when he kicked Robin Ventura's ass, you know, but put him in the headlock. And he was like 40 years old at that point too, uh, David. Well, you know, it's uh, – like most Texans, you know, pretty uh, calm and easy going. And, you know, sometimes when you get backed up in the corner, you, you got <laughs> you, you know, you got to get yourself out of the corner, you know. So, uh, but man, Nolan, as, as everybody knows, was one of the all time best pitchers. And, uh, you know, and, and, and man, his longevity as a pitcher was incredible, you know. And, and then the, the mental toughness, you know, he was tough. And, uh, you know, you definitely didn't want to leave the batter's box and approach the, the mound, that was for sure, because you could see what happened to you if you did. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, incredible athlete, man, incredible athlete. You ever got a chance to meet Nolan? I've met him three or four different times, yes, sir, and his son. But uh, just, uh, you know, just great people do a lot for the communities, uh, uh, you know, different communities in Texas. And, uh, yeah, I have, I can't say we're friends, but I have met them on several occasions and it's always been a treat to be able to meet, you know, some, somebody like that. How about you, Dom, uh, outside of racing, uh, who were your, uh, your heroes, uh, at your favorite, favorite athletes growing up? So outside of NASCAR, they're there for the longest time, a good five, six years. I followed the NFL very religiously. Like I did NASCAR, maybe religiously is not the right word, but very close, very close hand in hand. And one of my favorite athletes, and I never got to see him play live, was Brett Favre. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm a Cradle Packers fan. My mom and dad, longtime Packers fans. I'm a lifelong one. And just to see Brett Favre get in that backfield, third and five, you knew there was always a chance Green Bay could convert for a first down. Or if you were down three or four points with two minutes left in the game, you have that good old gunslinger Brett Favre launching the football to Donald Driver or Mon Green or Ryan Grant, all these great athletes, but Brett Favre's at the top of my list, man. How about you, Tyler? Uh, Brett Favre's a good one. Uh, now if he would uh, just quit, you know, uh, scamming welfare funds, then uh, yeah. he'd be a lot better off, you know, these days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, for me, one uh, – you know, growing up in Oklahoma, we only had one professional team in our state, and that was the Oklahoma City Thunder, who came to, came to Oklahoma City in, in 2008. And, uh, you know, I, I loved watching Russell Westbrook play. And, you know, he went on to play for the Houston Rockets for a bit and and, and then the Wizards and the Lakers, a couple other teams. But, uh, you know, Kevin Durant left town, and uh, we were heartbroken and Russell Westbrook took the city, took the franchise on his back, 
and just really represented the entire state of Oklahoma and, and did so with such class and uh, and everything. Like I, I, I was proud, you know, of Russell Westbrook and what he did to represent us as Oklahomans and everything. So uh, Russell Westbrook would be my answer. Uh, Sam Bradford would be another one for me too. You know, growing up an Oklahoma football fan and, uh, you know, he won the Heisman Trophy and was just so fun to watch. You know, he uh, was incredible and and really put, uh, uh, you know, just had a great run there for for Oklahoma football, what he was a part of, you know, his his time there. It was one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen. So a uh, couple good answers there on that front. Uh, next uh, question comes from uh, Freddie. Freddie wants to know, this one's for all of us. We'll start with David. Who's a bucket list guest you'd like to have on the show? Man, there's a lot of them, but my bucket list guy uh, would be my 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 hero. You know, a couple of them. A guy, a guy named Ronnie Chumley, who my dad was worked for when I was a kid growing up. And just an awesome race car driver. Uh, drove for Vita Fresh Orange Juice. Just a hell of a race car driver, and, and really one of my biggest mentors. And then the second would be AJ Foyt, man. Love to have AJ Foyt on our podcast. That would be just incredible. That's a, that's a good answer. How about you, Dom? Yeah, I'm going to sound PR here, but it really is the honest truth. You think all the guests we've had over the years, from the, all the big name drivers to drivers who are still racing, drivers still making it, we've had so many good guests. It, it, for me, it's hard to like pinpoint one or two drivers or one or two people. I mean, like for me, I guess Richard Petty would come to mind. It'd be awesome to have the king on our show. But outside of that, I mean, just who we keep getting, we keep getting some awesome people lined up on this show. Maybe Alan Bestwick would be towards the top of that. And just some of these guys that have had such a big hand in the sport time over time. How about you? Uh, for me, it, it's my hero in this sport, uh, Jeff Gordon. I'd love to have Jeff Gordon on the show. And and uh, I've mentioned it to Jeff. And Jeff said that, you know, he loves David. He's he's a fan of David. And uh, so maybe we can uh, make that happen here in uh, the future. Last question uh, coming in. This is from Piper. This is for David. <laughs> this this is going to be an interesting one. Piper uh, wants to know, David, what is your view on the balance between work and personal life? <laughs> wow, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's uh, you know, my view on it is, uh, you know, it, it's a challenge. It's not easy for any of us, you know, not only myself, but uh. You know, a lot of the NASCAR drivers that, that race in the Truck Series, Xfinity, and Cup Series, and, you know, you guys, all of us, you know, we all, you know, we all have responsibilities to take care of our families. Uh, uh, you know, we have kids, we got wives, uh, we got responsibilities, bills to pay, we got to keep a roof over our family's head and, and feed our family and insurance, and uh, it's... Um, you know, and the commitments uh, that the sport we work in, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of commitments that we have to meet and be at. And, and you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge to balance uh, personal life and work because, man, I, 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 you know, as, as you guys know, and I know you guys, y'all guys, y'all guys, Y'all work a lot. I work a lot. I travel a lot. I'm busy. Uh, so, you know, it's 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 a loaded question, and it's not an easy one. And I can uh, 
my view is how I justify it personally in my mind is, you know, trying to give my family the best life. You know, I married my wife, had my kids. Uh, you know, I'm responsible to make sure I, I give them the best upbringing as a parent and uh, to make sure that, that I'm taking care of my responsibilities. Uh, to do that at times uh, does keep me away from home. And I'm gone a lot and I miss a lot of cool things, but, you know, I'm trying to, trying to be a great dad, a great husband and, and keep up at, you know, keep up as being a dad, a husband and, you know, kind of the head of the household. So it's uh that's a great question. I don't know if, if I have all the answers to it, I can just tell you that it's not easy. It's a challenge and it's something that uh, I constantly work on every day to try to balance it the best I can. I love that. That's a, that's that's a great answer. Uh, trying to balance things not always the easiest, but certainly uh, make an effort to do so. Dom, we're, you and I were always juggling a, a few things on our plates, but uh, always uh, try to circle back where it matters. You know. Oh, definitely. I think you know. I, I know I can speak for David on this, and definitely you, Tyler. I think we value our family time and. The, the time you get with your loved ones is just only so much. So you want to make the most of it. And and for me, I, I can I can share this struggle with you guys. It it, ha it hasn't been easy, but man, I'm not perfect. But I feel like I've gotten a better balance. Like there is a public version and there's a there's a private version. There's professional Dom, there's personal Dom. And like trying to balance that hasn't been easy over the years, but I feel like I've gotten better from disconnecting a little bit and like, Hey, family time is family time. Work time is work time. And that hasn't been easy. There's been some tough lessons learned with that, but Hey, the older you get, the more you learn on the stuff. And then there's a chef boy, uh, Dom, and Dom too, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, chef boy or Dom, get it right. Dom, yes. Just slaving away. So <laughs> that's cook Dom to you. Yes. Yes. Uh, guys, before we go, uh, what's, what's going on, uh, in the world, uh, this week, uh, David, uh, we mentioned you're off, uh, Enjoying yourself at the uh, the beach this week. You 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 taking those long walks on the beach? You know, uh, you know, doing doing that thing, getting getting your toes in the sand and everything. Man, I swam in the beach this evening. Uh, did a lot of fishing, caught a lot of sharks. Just having some good time with my family and my mom and dad and sister and her kids. And and uh, got towards the end of the week, I have a couple sponsor meetings. Uh, looking forward to racing in Nashville in a couple weeks, and uh, man, just just busy time again. You know, trying to balance that workload and uh, and 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 uh, my family life. You know, but uh, but lots going on just uh, right now. Just trying to take in a little R and R and and uh, be a great dad and a husband for now. Dominic, how about uh, you, man? Man, I'm looking forward to being able to spend it with our family. We moved back to Grants here a couple of weeks ago, and. Man, you guys have moved. I'm sure anyone listening to this show has moved at one time or another. You guys know how stressful that can be, but it's a lot of fun. We're getting settled into our new place and getting looking forward to spending Father's Day with our family and Christopher and my wife, Felice, and then the extended Otagon family, and we're going to probably have a barbecue. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and just looking forward to spending that family time together. How about you, Tyler? Uh, just enjoying the, uh, the weekend here, you know, uh, before – Get back on the road next week. Uh, Dave and I will be out in Nashville, and then uh, I'll be in Chicago after that. So uh, last weekend off for me before I hit the road, uh, as far as that goes. But uh, I, I got to tell you, one one quick thing, Dom, before we uh, wrap up here and go. You say you're going to have a barbecue. 
let, let me uh, let me put this out there for the folks at home listening. And this is a, a message to Dominic as well. If you're having a barbecue, it's not a barbecue if you're inviting everybody over to have hamburgers and hot dogs. That's a cookout. If you're having a barbecue, if you invite me over to your barbecue, there better be at least like brisket or ribs or or something to that extent. Uh, like, don't invite me over if we're just having a hamburger and hot dogs. That's a cookout. So, Dominic, I'll ask you just to, to clarify, just to check and make sure. Are you having a barbecue or are you having a cookout? <laughs> I'll get back with you on that. On that ah, ha, ha, fraud, fraud. <laughs> cookout barbecue, as long as it's an excuse to get together. There you go. There you go. He's having a cookout. That, that's that's a party foul. Red flag. Uh, 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 I'm throwing the the, uh, the penalty flag down on Dom. Oh, he's gonna, he's going to cancel me on that party there, Dave. Like the Summer of Jones got canceled this weekend. Hey, no, no, no. The Summer of Jones is off and running. David was actually a big part of the Summer of Jones this past week with the uh, race. Uh, we got to go. Uh, always a pleasure uh, anytime we get to chat uh, on this very program uh, with the latest happenings in the uh, motorsports world. We'll be back next week. We'll put the checkered flag out in this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every week uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button as well. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, follow us on social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Let's Go Racing, part of the uh, Studio Soapbox Network. Check out this show as well as the Jones Report uh, and uh, the Coach Bo Knows Podcast and more shows to come. We'll, uh, we'll announce that in the uh, very near future as well. For Dominic Aragon and David Starr, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.